0: I'm Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Log. Uh, this is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So, if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness, and self development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners, and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward, and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. This podcast is a lecture from my 10 Wisdom Goddesses online program. If you're interested to learn more about the Goddesses, to listen to more lectures, be guided into meditations, rituals, and different levels of self-practice, please feel free to check my website dijan.co for more details. We reached a very important topic Uh, in this module, not only in the module, but in the entire program of Ten Wisdom Goddesses, the sexual alchemy. Why is it such an important topic for me? Because we live in a time and age where sexuality is still not healed. The sexual urges are divine urges towards creating life. It's the life force itself. However, the way we have been subjected to sexuality, the way we are nurtured into dealing with our sexuality is not necessarily the most harmonious. Most of the health issues are rooted in sexual frustrations, trauma, suppression. And Chinamasta inspires us to use that power, to sublime that power, so that we are the masters of it and we can channel it towards our evolution. Whether it's using a gross uh, form of energy, uh, like... Uh, a dam, there's an immense lot of water that's being contained and that energy is turned into electricity and that uh, that electricity is used in many, many different forms uh, in as heat in our houses or as light, as whatever. The Vidya Chakti is serving us in so many ways. So the same principle applies for our sexual energy as well. It's a power that we have. Uh, And most of the time, it's turning into shadow because that power is not flowing uh, in a harmonious way. And here, what Chinamasta shows is not necessarily only a path of uh, sexual Tantra, although the image, uh, as I mentioned earlier, suggests a Vamacharya path where certain rituals, including sexual union, is part of the Sadhana. However, that's not the core message. There are several stories around sexuality, like one of them is the story of Renuka, a feminine archetype where she is uh, watching a super bohemian Dionysosian uh, setting in a garden of musicians. And the Apsaras, the feminine, sexy archetypes dancing. So it's a very lustful uh, scene, a very lustful setup. Just like in a rave or in a club, you know, there's lots of liminal energy around. And her sexual desire awakens. However, her husband, having heard of this, gets furious and asks uh, their youngest son to kill their mother, because that's such a shameful act. And the youngest son, the fifth son, uh, agrees only on the condition uh, that uh, her life will be restored uh, as a pure being afterwards. So that's how he chops uh, his uh, mother's head off. And then the renuka comes back to life uh, afterwards, pure of these desires. So when you hear it like that, it's uh, it's a super disgusting story, really uh, putting sexuality in a bad box. However, when you read in between, and many. Uh, belief systems take uh, sexuality and sexual energy in mm, with a grain of salt, you know, like in that dark box and it should be contained and it should stay there and we'd rather stay away from it. But this, from a tantric perspective, has so many different symbols, like that garden, that leisurely garden, actually represents our mind. Our, Our mind is full of lust. And sexual desire is the desire for life it's a desire to have pleasure in life so it's not only about being horny and wanting to have sex it's this gusto of life and that power uh, when it's uh, fully awake it can be so powerful it can uh, capture you entirely so that's why we need the fifth youngest son which is representing the Vishuddha chakra Vishuddha Chakra is the part of our energetic system, uh, which moves the energy, uh, which manages the upward movement of energy. There are different Vayus, the Apana Vayu going down, Prana Vayu going in, Udana Vayu is the upward movement of energy. And according to many spiritual masters, the first three chakras are where where our greed is, where our uh, wrath and uh, gluttony and attachment and jealousy and all the shadows are generated by the first three chakras. So basically, we need the energy of the fifth chakra, uh, the youngest, because usually the least developed, to move all that pressure, Uh, including the sexual energy, that pressure of the sexual energy, we know what can happen when sexual energy is suppressed, all the rape stories uh, in different parts of the world, all the weird stories around clergy and uh, how that suppressed sexuality in spiritual circles, which are not turned into gold, which are not turned into spiritual aspiration, uh, ended up, So that's definitely not something that you want to mess with. That's not a bomb that you want to mess around and uh, try to get rid of by uh, plucking out the wrong cable. It will explode in your face, basically. So that's why uh, here in the story, with the awakening of Vishuddha Chakra, by attacking the throat immediately and getting rid of the discursive mind, uh, we have the ability to... Move that energy upwards, to move the sexual energy upwards. And this can be done through, through sexuality, as many practices uh, in uh, right hand tantra uh, include the practice of Maituna, I will elaborate on that. And, or we can do it the yogic way, as Hatha Yoga Pradipika, one of the main texts of yoga, suggests. There are mudras, there are bandhas. Uh, there are breathing techniques that are out there which you can perform as a yogi and refine this energy. What you shouldn't do is neglect. You need to have the mastery over sexual energy because it's the most intense of all the five senses combined. Apinava Gupta would say the sensation of touch is the only sense that does not disappear even in a very elevated uh, samadhi state. It stays as a subtle inner touch. And the subtle inner touch is the sexual energy, is this subtle touch that you feel inside, even at a state of samadhi. And basically master over it is a potentiality that you have. The the other mythologies around uh, Chinamasta, uh, she is uh, making love to shiva on top and uh, because of this kundalini rising she turns black into into prachanda kali which is the black version of kali this fierce form another name of uh, chinamasta and out of her third eye uh, comes out the attendants which symbolize the ida and pingala nadi and as kundalini rises As we discussed, uh, those energies move through Shushumna, and uh, she reaches uh, union with Shiva. Uh, Now, another important little detail. For many practitioners, there are these three categories of practice. One is the practice of householder. It's called Pashu, which means a bit animal-like. bit of a low way of putting it but actually it's more for people safe practices for people who are householders who have a functional life and then there is the practice for viras the spiritual heroes which is a little bit of a tricky path because they take Strong weapons like sexuality, and they use it for spiritual purposes its it requires a certain courage, it requires a certain strength because you can easily be captivated by it. There are millions and millions of people running after sexual tantra. why they need some kink they need uh, some excitement, uh, they need to get rid of the sexual traumas, all goods, but very few of them are actually entering this path to use a potential energy for spiritual purposes. And hopefully on the path they explore that, but this is the path of the Vira, otherwise it's just hedonism, it's just pleasure-seeking. And then there's the path of that the, the God likes, which doesn't require any external acts, which doesn't require sexual union or asana or whatever, it's more uh, an inner path, an inner yoga. And in the Virapat, uh, in several sadhanas, uh, the ritual of Maituna is explained, but it's uh, Maituna is the five M's uh, being offered uh, to the goddess, to the divine. And five M's are five unorthodox subjects that normally are not being consumed, that are normally uh, not kosher in a way. So the first one, Mathia, wine, is being offered. Sometimes literally the wine and sometimes uh, an uh, an organic matter that resembles the energy of wine. So pujas, rituals have many different formulas. The main frequency is there, but sometimes you replicate it with other frequencies. So for the wine, uh, what it represents is actually the arousal of Kundalini to unite with uh, Paramashiva, the intoxication of the wine. Uh, where Amrita, the, the immortality nectar, is, you know, this uh, state of high. The introspection that you need for that state of high is what's being symbolized by the wine. The second offering is meat, mamsa, another thing that's not kosher to eat. However, it comes from the root ma, which means tongue, where the word is originating from. And it represents, it symbolizes the control over words, uh, mouth, deeds the tongue, basically, which is an important um, uh, morality, let's say, for spiritual conduct. The third one, Matsya fish, uh, represents uh, the two fishes that are actually in this, the Apana and Prana going through Ida and uh, Pingala, uh, and our ability to control Uh, those two energies, to push them through shushumna uh, with the mastery of pranayama. That's what uh, Matsya uh, represents in this ritual. Mudra, the grain, is the soul that resides in Sahasrara. And if one uh, has mastered uh, the awakening of Sahasrara, then one has the mudra and one has uh, the ability to practice dhyana actual meditation not all the efforts of concentration that we mistake as meditation and the last offering is sexual union is my tuna and that represents the cycle of uh, life creation preservation dissolution as we discussed many times so basically it is the ability to uh, cohabitate to really uh, master that cycle and be, be able to go beyond true states of samadhi. So in some texts that I read about Maituna, uh, this is a practice for people who can at will reach samadhi. Even the sexual union at the end, Maituna, is asked to be done uh, with someone who is not your uh, partner who's not your wife and husband, so that you're totally breaking all the social norms. And it's definitely not about uh, the mundane sexuality. It's done for a completely different purpose. And uh, participants are, of course, using desire and pleasure as means. However, they're channeling the entire energy uh, upwards. There are practices of Maituna in uh, circles which are not consisting only of uh, enlightened beings it's called chakra sadhana from what i have read and those uh, practices need to be anchored need to be led by an empowered teacher otherwise again it's just an orgy you know there are there's a different thing between uh maituna and uh simple play so for a kundalini yogi uh sexual energy can be used for spiritual power either using uh, the right-hand methods or just doing it on the mat, like the yoga program that we're doing on uh, Chinamasta. It has lots of sublimation techniques. You need to be making love. You you don't need to be making love. You can can just uh, have that inner alchemy programmed in you uh, through yoga. For a jnana yogi, for a meditator, it's around breaking the duality of the mind, birth and death. Uh, duality Um, so basically uh, for a regular person it's refinement of subtle energies uh, into spiritual energy and uh, that makes the practice with Chinamasta both um, a bliss practice but also a practice of the void and uh, in Vamacharya, the initiation by a naked female guru, like the image of Chinamasta, is very traditional. Uh, Daniel O'Dear mentions that uh, his guru is a Dakini uh, who has initiated him to always, including mastery over sexuality. Bhattacharya mentions in his book that as as a teenager, as a young boy, uh, she was trained by a a guru, a female guru, and there were practices, not necessarily involving sexual intercourse, but where she made him realize the sexual energy and uh, taught him ways of uh, refining, subliming that energy. So that's uh, what Chinamasta is standing for. There's a, a weird scene in American Gods, this series. Uh, Bilquis, I think, is, the, is a goddess, uh, one of the old goddesses that is losing her power. And to keep her power, she's basically making love to men and uh, puts put them into uh, a state of bliss. What happens in the material world, they die because she, she sucks their energy but uh, in a subtle world, in a subtle realm, you see the guy totally in bliss, in void. So that's what's happening, in a way, in the sexual alchemy. Uh, This is a very negative representation when when a goddess is really sucking the energy of a human being. That's not what's happening there. However, I read about stories of uh, misuse of sexual energy, uh, black Tantra, red Tantra, so that's why a proper container for uh, such rituals are important. Uh, and also it's it's a little bit gender biased that a feminine goddess is sucking the masculine energy. There is a mudra for that uh, in yoga where uh, women can actually get uh, the masculine energy uh, in lovemaking. However, these practices can be uh, used for high purposes. It can be used for the transmission of receiving something from the masculine. I heard many stories of difficult yogic techniques exchanged between partners uh, during lovemaking. Like the woman receiving that teaching through lovemaking. It sounds bizarre, but it's the truth. It happened. I uh, witnessed it. Um, because there is this connection in the yoni of the woman of receiving and in the heart of the woman to give, giving. When you depict this whole energy as a woman sucking in and omit the part where the woman is giving from the heart, which completes the circle, because in the masculine body it's the other way around uh, men giving from the Lingam and receiving from the heart, and that's a complete cycle. That's the energy moving between the two polarities. Nobody's uh, stealing anyone from anything. There is a connection of bliss that is happening through the possibilities of these uh, beings that we're being gifted with. There's a heart-root connection between uh, men and women's bodies. Uh, Of course, if we take it from a shadow angle, uh, we can have images like this American God story, or we can also see Chinamasta showing us uh, how the mind can be, in the left hand, can be dissociated from the body if the sexuality of the uh, person is not being honored. Many sexual trauma victims suffer from that lack of sensation, lack of connection with the senses, lack of uh, connection with the emotions uh, which lead to serious conditions, mental health conditions like uh, self-mutilation, cutting oneself or just to feel something or eating disorders that are um, quite common in cases of sexual trauma. So basically uh, Chinamasta is showing us how sacred sexual energy is and how the mas- how important the mastery of sexual energy is. And for that purpose, I also added, besides the yoga practice in the module, I also added a ritual, uh, which is more of a devotional na- uh, nature uh, that you can bring into your practice. It's not a, a structured Maituna ritual or it's not a um, formal ritual because of the reasons that I have explained. However, there is no harm In uh, adding the emotional and devotional aspect to your lovemaking and offering every single uh, experience of sexual energy to uh, your spiritual awakening, to your evolution. Uh, Using the sexual energy to create a better life for yourself uh, where you can serve uh, humanity with your gifts and talents, to use that energy for your own awakening to use that energy to be able to serve. Uh, why not? Thank you for listening to my podcast on Tantra Tantralog. Please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.